3: Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
4: What up? Good morning to you. Happy Friday, Doug Gottlieb and Bucky Brooks in for Dan and the Danettes, it is a football Friday. Many parts of the country, high school football kicking off. Bucky coaches a high school football team. He's got his first game tonight. Where's your first game tonight?
5: Uh, first game is at Arlita, so in Van Nuys. We get to go and play a day game, 3.30, so you can imagine L.A. heat and what that's going to feel like.
4: Wait, wait, so is the name of the school? is the name of the school. And your school you coach at? Granada Hills Charter. Okay, so you go I coach at Granada Hills Charter. Charter mm-hmm. means you guys can go and recruit and go out and go. You and I got do that. dudes. You and I got, no, we got do, dudes. 3 nah, 30 in the afternoon up. in Van Nuys, that sounds hot. That sounds dusty. <laughs> it is and that very sounds dusty. like a, a traffic, na- a, a absolute nightmare <laughs> getting home afterwards. Other than that, high school football, huh? Let's, let's get after
5: it. Why do they play in the afternoon? They don't have lights. Okay. The neighborhood won't allow them to put the lights up, so they have to play in the middle of the day. It's hot. Uh, grass is long. I mean, it's everything. All right.
4: Well, I mean, but there's there's nothing like high school football. There's just nothing, absolutely nothing like it. Um, all right, Pucky. So there's a bunch of things to get to in the National Football League. As we've had some of these dual scrimmages, we've had a lot. We've had a couple of injuries. We've had, some, but the most interesting thing is uh, yesterday we found out, early afternoon East Coast time, midday West Coast time, that Deshaun Watson suspended eleven games and find $5 million. Now, there's another layer to that in that Deshaun is not going to play the remainder of the preseason, meaning he only played one preseason game. You happen to call that preseason game. We'll get into all the suspension stuff in a second, but guy's been away from football for over a year. It's a completely different
5: system, one that's built on running the football. How do he look? I mean, he didn't look good. He didn't look good, but I'm not saying he didn't look good because of his skills and his talent. I'm going to say that the person that ran out the tunnel wearing number four for the Cleveland Browns looked like they had the weight of the world on his shoulders. Uh, I felt like there were a couple of different factors that may have clouded this player, impacted this play. One, whenever you sign the kind of deal that he signs, when you're the highest paid, there's a natural inclination to want to prove to the world that you're worth the money. Sure. And even though it's just a preseason game, you still carry those expectations. Well, now compounded with. All of the other stuff that's hanging over the head. Yep. Likely suspension, legal lease, all that. And the third part of it is it reminded me of when LeBron James became the heel in Miami when everyone hated him. Yeah. It's probably the first time Deshaun Watson has walked out of a stadium and everybody rained booze on him. In the South. Right. Yeah. In, in in the South it, where it, he's right. where he's beloved. Right, because Jacksonville, you think about it, he's an Atlanta kid. Yep went to um, Clemson down the road. So he has always been kind of like the darling of the Southeast. And for him to run out and to get to have to deal with that, I'm sure that was shocking and made him kind of fall back a little bit. So I don't think he played well because he had rust from not playing for a year Then all of that other stuff. But I think down the line when he comes back, I think he'd be fine. I think now that he's able to, if he can finally put it to bed and do all the stuff that they want him to do when it comes to counseling and that stuff – if he's able to put all that to bed and kind of lock in and focus, I think he'll be fine when he returns. How about his first game back is against the Houston Texans? Oh uh, Well, I mean, look, man, one thing about the National Football League, the National Football League knows how to make a TV show, uh-huh. and that is a TV show. We can downplay and say, oh, it won't be watched. All eyeballs will be on Deshaun Watson when he runs out. He's playing against his former team, all the other stuff that's going on. Yeah, it'll be must-see TV when he comes back.
4: It's It's interesting you point that out because I've heard a lot of talk this week over the Christmas Day games, right, with with uh, with the NBA. They're like, oh, the Christmas Day games. Like, have, has anybody actually looked at the Christmas Day games in the NFL? And who's playing? <laughs> uh, n- no dis- no disrespect to all my hoop heads out there. But uh, ladies, gentlemen, no one's going to be watching those games because Christmas Day is now owned by the NFL. I mean, th- these games, Christmas Day, it's uh, Green Bay-Miami. That's mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers against mm-hmm. Tua. Uh, Denver and they seem to have a new quarterback against the uh, defending yeah. champions, the Rams. Yeah. And then Tom Brady against Kyler Murray, right? Like or or you can watch the NBA game where we think guys would play. <laughs> we're not really sure in the middle of middle of middle of their season. All right let's get back to Deshaun. So when you heard eleven games, five million. What'd you think?
5: Uh, I thought that was going to be a, a, about the thing. So last week at the end of last week when First you heard the apology, and then the reports came out about, hey, well, maybe they would take eight games and $5 million. You knew that there were settlement things going on behind the scenes. When Roger Goodell makes the hard statement like for a year and those things, you're trying to set the parameters so now you can meet in the middle. Um, 11 games was about what everyone expected, 10 to 12. And so you basically split the baby and did that. I think the main thing is – The NFL and Deshaun Watson, they had to get this off the headlines. They had to get this off the front page. They couldn't go to a season with this being the dominant story for two years in a row. Well, now you have a little bit of closure when it comes to the suspension. Now you can at least move forward. And then for Deshaun Watson, look, man, the only thing that he can do is he has to ball out. He just has to ball out and put that to bed. He can't continue to stand in front of the mic and talk about all the stuff like whatever it is, it is, and that's not being disrespectful to those that were affected. But for him, as a player, he has to find a way to move this, move beyond this and focus on the play. And the only thing that he can do, really, he can't alter the narrative. The only thing he can do is have people focus on how he plays and he has to perform at a high level. And and, and people do, naturally. I mean, they, they just do. You go back and look at... You know, I
4: always say Kobe, uh, Kobe Mike Vick, yeah. Ben Roethlisberger, like yeah. those dudes. They have so many opportunities to even. And here's one. And look, it's not in anywhere near as egregious a crime against humanity or anything. But I think people forgotten. Tom Brady went after Deflategate. One, he's a patriot. They had mm. spy. They had Spygate. Then Deflategate. Yeah. Like Tom Brady was widely considered the most hated quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and now he's absolutely beloved. Loved. You know, now he he won after that. Then he left. Then he left New England, and he won after that again. So winning cures all. But but the the thing that thing that is going to help Deshaun Watson the most is as both the Haslam's D and Jimmy said yesterday, he's only twenty six years old. So he's got a lot of Long football time. left in him. Yeah, if he can just play well and stay out of any sort of headlines off the football field, which was never an issue. That's the other, that's the other crazy part about it, Says Never been a thing. No. When you when you asked anybody, when this stuff went down, I asked a couple GMs, and they were like, dude, we had no,
5: like, this guy, completely clean background. Clean. It's a, it's so crazy know, having, having known him since high school, uh, at Elite 11, watching him come through, mm-hmm. watching him come through after that, following his career at Clemson, uh, having talked to him, engaged with him in a few different environments. Look, man, this is a model model citizen prior to this stuff. So that's why it was so shocking when it came out. Uh, You just didn't expect this. When you hear about how he acts, you hear about the things that he does in the community. It's certainly not something that you would expect. And so the only thing that he can do is what he's continued to do is he has to throw himself in the community. He has to continue to be passionate about the causes that he's behind. And he has to make sure that his stuff on the field is at a high level in time some people will be able to focus more on the play. There will always be a faction of people that always focus on the off-field stuff and the settlements and that stuff. But the overwhelming majority of people are look at his play, and if his play ends up justifying why they rewarded him with the big contract, then it'll kind of go to bed.
4: Yeah, you know, I, I think what's interesting is uh, y- yesterday I, he said... He apologized, but it was kind of like a blanket. But mm-hmm. I, but he maintained his innocence, mm-hmm. and his apology was to anyone who was affected or anybody really at all. Just here's a blanket apology, but but he maintained his innocence. What do you think of
5: how he handled himself before the media? Look, I think it's very very difficult uh, for him because if in his mind, his his heart of hearts, he doesn't feel like he did it, it's hard for him. And because he took such a strong stance at the outset, whenever he walks some things back, he's always going to have his apology or his words uh, analyzed and dissected. And then he has to answer for it in media. At some point, he has to play what I call the PR game. He just has to shut it down. Yeah like at some point he just has to shut it down. I think now is the it. time you you, sh- you shut it down because
4: you can't one you can't admit can't to something yeah. well because because one there could still be a criminal case but two um you,
5: there's nothing you're going to say now that's going to win. No. Right? No. Not nothing. No. Nothing. So he he has to he has he has to own it. He has to just kind of find a way to move beyond it and then he has to allow his actions to do what his words can't do. People have to see how he lives as opposed to the other stuff. Here here's one that's really really interesting, okay? And I'll
4: I'll use this. This is where you can use a word and it becomes a trigger word. But take a listen. This is him apologizing to all women who are triggered. I apologize beforehand. I think the second time I spoke to you guys I actually apologized, but I think for some people it didn't uh, maybe register as I, as I was apologizing, but you know I just want to clarify, you know, I was apologizing to all women and people that was affected about this situation because it's uh you know it's
0: it's definitely a tough situation. What do you apologize for? For everyone that was affected about this situation. There was a lot of people that was triggered. But not the women I've apologized to all women. So anybody that was affected, even yourself, every everything. So
4: I'm apologizing to everyone that was affected about this whole situation. So, so when you when, when you use the word "triggered," you know people start people think what he's saying is that uh, I didn't, th- The this story made you think I did something. When the word "trigger" is actually probably a perfect word mm. considering there are so many different forms of sexual assault, sexual har- right. Uh, uh, harassment, mm-hmm. right? And if you've been affected by it in the past and you hear this story, you read this story, a lot of times it brings up memories of the past,
5: right? Right, like they- we, all, we all bring our personal experiences to the table. Like however you've grown up, whatever you've been impacted or affected by, that certainly um, plays a part in how you view, cover, write, report on those things. And so when he is talking about triggering He understood that the situation that he's involved in certainly has brought up some old emotions for a lot of people that have heard about it, read about, seen the case, seen him. Whenever he walks out, it may bring about a distant memory. And so the apology to those who are triggered, I understand it. It's one of those things where every apology is going to be analyzed in those things. And that's why I said at some point he just kind of has to shut it down and move beyond it.
4: He before he got before before he. um decided to not play for the Texans. Mm-hmm. Um, he was incredible in terms of his ability to make plays, arm, mm-hmm. leg. Yeah, But he was also a guy, held the ball too long, had a little Ben Roethlisberger to him, right? Held the mm-hmm. ball too long, tried to be a magician. Um, all things considered, new system, we will have a ton of pressure on him, he'll have six games to prove himself. Uh, what's, the,
5: what's the likelihood of success this season with the Browns? it would be tricky because when you're suspended, so everyone knows, when you're suspended, you're not allowed to be around the team or in the facility. So for eight to 10 weeks, he's going to have to practice and get his stuff on his own. And in a new offense, in a new offensive system, you can learn the terminology and the verbiage and all that other stuff. But in terms of executing uh, what this offense will ask of the quarterback, he won't be able to get that practical experience. And so I would expect it to be a little rocky for him. That said, This system is one that has made average guys pro bowlers. Mm -hmm. It has made pro bowlers, MVPs. And so for a guy who is as talented as Deshaun, if he just pays attention and really focuses on the details of playing the position within the system, there can be a bunch of layups for him. So I would expect him eventually to play at a pro bowl level or even higher once he settles into the system and is surrounded by the right people on the outside. And then the question becomes, does his contract
4: become the standard Mm. Or does it remain the outlier? And I guess that we'll find out with Lamar Jackson and some yeah. others who are coming up, coming up on on extensions, right? Because you know that's 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 the other. I mean, Deshaun is such an interesting figure because there's so many different so parts, many different that play, things they play. Right? I'm so there's glad, there's, I'm there's so still glad. there's the Houston thing where he mm-hmm. got paid up front and then was like, "Nah, I'm out." That was after the DeAndre Hopkins thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then uh, obviously all of this, the the posturing and. I, You know, I've been told mm-hmm. that the, one of the reasons Matt Ryan, the biggest reason Matt Ryan wanted out of Atlanta was the same reason Baker wanted out of Cleveland is the same reason I'm sure that Tua felt unsettled a long time ago was those teams openly opining yeah. for, for Deshaun, mm-hmm. right? That that caused Matt Ryan to switch places, which may which may help Indy. Then he gets there, he gets a the biggest contract completely guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And like if you're Lamar Jackson, you're sitting there going like, wait a second, hold on, I haven't been hurt. Mm-hmm. I've been mm-hmm. an MVP yeah. and I have no off the field baggage at all.
5: Why Why shouldn't I get another yeah. guaranteed contract? And so that, the funny thing, is, I'm so glad you brought this up because I feel like it's one of the maybe underreported parts of the outrage with Deshaun Watson. I do believe a lot of it is about the legalese and the stuff that he was alleged to be involved in. But I think another significant part of it is the money. The money in the contract has created a – made him polarizing because people can't understand how a guy who didn't play his last season – gets a pay raise and fully guaranteed money, which everyone aspires to get. Here's the thing about other quarterbacks trying to get that. When you sign a fully guaranteed or you agree to a fully guaranteed deal, ownership has to put a significant portion of that in escrow. Correct. And a lot of owners in this league are not liquid enough to be able to say, oh, I'm just going to have $150 trapped away. And so that prevents some of... Some of the teams from being able to do that.
4: I would also say though that the way it went down in Houston, where he agreed to a deal, he got the three years up front. He actually never played a down in that new contract. <laughs> I know. And then he was like, "I'm out. I'm out. I'm out." Th- that one doesn't sit well. But the big, th- I think the big thing is not necessarily, I think the fully guaranteed is, is mm-hmm. problematic for many owners. But the other part is how they kind of cleverly move that move that salary to next year, so that next year it's forty million. So that if not for this $5 million fine, he he gets fined just game checks, which is nothing this year in comparison to next year, where had he missed 11 games at $40 million, you do the math. At how many game checks he'd miss. So I, I think there's a, there,
5: there's there's some there's definitely something to that. Even though I will say it's not uncommon for the first year of a new deal right. to be bare minimum because if you're giving him a signing bonus, it doesn't that hurt signing the bonus, yeah, it doesn't hurt the cap. out, so it's money manipulation.
4: You know, uh, we got we got the best guy to join us next, Michael Lombardi, longtime NFL exec, will join us. Get to that in one second. We can talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards, like when they require minimums and worse how the rewards flat out expire. Or we could talk about how with Discover you can redeem rewards for cash in any amount at any time. We mean, talk about amazing. Well, we talked about that. Now let's talk about stuff that you know, the stuff we're here to actually talk about. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Michael Lombardi joins us. What does he think of the league and the NFLPA's decision to settle? That's next.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of The Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is and you will
0: not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
3: It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it Whoa, okay. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller
1: Lite.
2: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
4: Bucky Brooks and Doug Godley, been for Dan the Danettes. Happy Football Friday to you here on Fox Sports Radio. Charles Robinson's our guest. He, of course, uh, works for Yahoo Sports. You need to download his podcast, You Pod, You Pod to Win the Game. Uh, Charles, you and I talked on my show yesterday. Now we've had, I don't know what it is, 16 hours or so for you to talk to Everybody in the league, what's what's the reaction to the Watson settlement?
6: Um, you know, I I think that when you talk to people with the Texans, they probably feel like this was lighter than they expected. You know, I think they thought that once the Stuel Robinson's um you know decision was appealed, that, that this was going to end up being the, the calendar year, the contract was going to toll and. The league was going to take it all the way. I think what's interesting here, though, is I think people are kind of missing the point of why the NFL settled, why this ultimately happened. And and there was sort of a storyline going into yesterday that, well, there's an element of contrition here, and that's what's sort of drawing this closer. That's, that's not why the NFL settled. The NFL settled because when the NFLPA filed their brief in response the NFLPA made it pretty clear like we're going to go to war with you. Like we're we're the union was upset about how it perceived owners being held accountable, being investigated, having their behavior handled by the league versus how players. And it was and I don't even think it was I mean Deshaun Watson was a foot, you know, a, a point where you sort of, you know, put your foot in the sand and and do what you're going to do, but I think the NFLPA it felt like this this entire summer, this entire off-season, when it came to ownership behavior. And they made it abundantly clear, if if you're going to go down this pathway and he's going to get suspended for a year, we're going to pull out all the stops and we're going to showcase every single thing we can find on any owner in the league. Um, and and that's what this is going to turn into. It's, it's not just going to be about Deshaun Watson anymore. It's going to be about owners and how you... Basically, dole out justice with players versus the owners of the
5: teams. So, how does impact the way Roger handles decisions coming forward? Because we have the Alvin Kamara case and a few other things that will be on the docket. How do you think that changes, um, you know, the way they met out discipline based on them overruling overriding Sue Robinson's deal?
6: Um. Well, it's uh, you know the the precedent that gets set in this one. You know, it's not a one for one. I think I think what. changes and the precedent that gets set here is that when Sue Robinson issued her initial arbitration decision, she talked about um, nonviolent sexual assault as defined by the NFL. She includes that phrase several times. And I think that's ultimately the precedent that gets set here is now in the future... You appear to have guardrails when it comes to, quote unquote, nonviolent sexual assault um, as defined by the NFL. Now, that to me is still a pretty vague term that will probably get defined out in, in future incidents where they say, okay, hey, that seems to fall into this idea of nonviolent sexual assault. Okay, well, now we have an initial six game suspension and then ultimately on appeal, an 11 game suspension and a fine. So to me, it sets a floor and a ceiling for nonviolent sexual assault in the NFL. Now it's what qualifies as that. And, you know, moving forward, that to me is really the precedent that's been set here. Every Everything else in terms of, you know, the domestic violence policy is pretty solidly defined at this stage. Other um, violations of the personal conduct penalty via, arrest, you know, Alvin Kamara, the, you know, this alleged fight in the and in the arrest that's, I hate to say standard. I mean, it's not great language, but I mean, for lack of a better term, that's a little more standard in terms of what the league's dealt with before. This is this is different, and that's why they use the words unprecedented. Well, now it's not an unprecedented anymore. It's there's a precedent, and they're going to use it.
4: Um, what about the Browns in terms of what they do? Jacoby Brissett right now is set to start 11 games. Does their roster hold?
6: You know, when I went I went through their camp. I talked to Kevin Stefanski for a bit about this, and he, he was pretty clear that he's like, look, if, I, I felt like the zone for them in terms of if they would address quarterback would have been if it was a one year calendar suspension. And then I think at that point they would have said, okay, um, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever else, is there some you know something else out there too? you know, raise the the level of play at quarterback. Um, I felt like the kind of dead zone for them, which was going to be a little weird, would be in that 10 to 12 games. Well, here we are. Do I think that they could be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo? I think if he was, if he didn't cost anything, I think if he came free, if the 49ers ultimately were forced to release him, I think that the Cleveland Browns would consider it. Now that said, I asked, you know, Kevin Stefanski about, um, you know, just sort of rolling with the, the roster that they had and he made, the point that look, Jacoby Brissett's got starting um, experience. We have an offense where we can, you know, lean into the run game. There are certain things we can do offensively to tailor the scheme to Jacoby. You know, it's not going to be as much shotgun. He's going to be an under center guy. Um, you know, if the running backs, the offensive line hold up, you, you know, I, I think like they feel like they can go the, the 11 games with Jacoby Brissett. Now, again, I think if Jimmy Garoppolo is free, if he doesn't cost assets or, or really money, um, that's something that that they would still consider, but it's getting pretty late. I mean, Jacoby Brissett's been part of the passing program. He's you know been part of of the offensive scheme there. I would say that that at, at this point, even if Jimmy comes free, it at least gives him a heads up over Jimmy Garoppolo just in terms of the knowledge.
5: All right, Charles. Back back to Deshaun. How will Deshaun, I guess, handle his time away? And what is what do you think Kevin Stefanski expects to see when Deshaun returns and is able to play in Week Thirteen?
6: Well the the upside is that he gets back into the building in, in early October because there's the there's basically the acclimation period. So although he won't play a game until November, he won't be eligible to play a game until November. He does get the ability to get back in the building even though he can't practice um, until November. My understanding is, you know, there's basically going to be a setup for Deshaun once the preseason ends, which is when he He's not allowed to be around the team anymore. There's going to be a setup for him to, you know, study on his own, work out on his own, sort of, you know, uh, be off to the side, quote-unquote, but out of the building. Um, Once he comes back, basically, Kevin Stefanski was like, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it, but there will be a plan to transition, you know, the, the offense over to Deshaun Watson. Um, but you know, the offense is going to change slightly with Jacoby Brissett again, because I don't think they, the way that they will run, um, shotgun sets with Deshaun, they, I don't think they're really planning on doing that with Jacoby Brissett. So there's just, you know, certain little elements that, um, they'll have to start to tweak once he, he gets into the building, even, even though he won't be practicing right away, but there's, yeah, there's a plan set up for, you know, how to keep himself in shape, keep himself sharp, be on a throwing schedule, um, and be ready to go when November Charles, you know, kicks in, he could be on the field.
4: Charles Robinson, Yahoo Sports, you pod to win the game, uh, is his podcast. Of course, he's been all over this Deshaun Watson story. Um, l- l- let's let's go to another AFC quarterback. Lamar Jackson's been an MVP. Uh, both sides have said, hey, once the season starts, we're not negotiating. Now, right. in, ver- in fairness to the team, they could franchise tag him. They can always negotiate at the end of the season as well. But most, most people want to get things done. What are you hearing about the likelihood of a deal being struck before that first game of the year?
6: The upside is they've been talking, you know, and that was definitely something that changed. I mean, there was a very, very long stretch in the the offseason when they weren't. And I think even the the Ravens behind closed doors are like, we don't really understand why we can't get traction here. I, I do think... And, and you and I've talked about this before. What makes sense is that there are other quarterback deals coming in. And, and really, the one that was going to come in, and if if that had been sort of the stimulating deal to to really get things moving with with um, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens would have been the Kyler Murray deal. I, at this stage for him to do a deal um, to do an extension, you know it, i i think that 50 million dollars a year apy what the guarantees ultimately look like the fact that you know he has he has a resume he has a an mvp on it um the way that the offense is structured through him he's if they really see him as their franchise quarterback of the future and they don't see any reason why they wouldn't um you know it's going to be about that that number and i just don't see him at this stage doing a deal um, when he's taken it this far and there's so much leverage to be had after the 2022 season, you know, Justin Herbert deals coming in Um, the Denver Broncos, I think are going to try to get Russell Wilson's extension done during the season. And then obviously you have um, Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. So there's quite a bit of movement to, to be had in, in quarterback contracts and he's, you know, pushed it this far. And I think he's seen historically, with some recent quarterback deals that if you can get the leverage in, in your favor, you know, he's going to absolutely get a top-of-the-market deal.
5: Going on the heels of Lamar Jackson, because Lamar Jackson is going about negotiating his deal without representation. We're seeing the same thing yeah. with Roquan Smith. What has yeah. been the reaction to more players taking care of their own deals without representation?
6: It's frustrating to teams. I mean, the Roquan Smith situation is a really, really good example of this because, we had the weird thing where somebody's calling around to teams and you know the warning that hey this isn't you know this is not a representative of of roquan smith and this is not you know whoever this is this isn't how this is supposed to be done but you know if roquan smith for example you know requests the trade he wants to be traded we all know how, how this works. I mean, you have an agent, your agent basically goes out and sets up deals with teams, figures out is the, you know, A, will they give up the assets? B, is there a contract extension on the other side of it? There's, there's heavy lifting that's got to be done there. It's far more difficult when it's Roquan Smith representing himself. I, I'm, you know, players have represented themselves in the past, and, you know, I, I personally, I don't have any problem with it whatsoever, but I, I definitely know that from a detail standpoint, and teams wanting to have the constant communication and things knocked out, it's a lot easier for that to be done when an agent's in place. So I think that's definitely part of what's frustrating about Roquan Smith right now with potential other suitors. And then as you you know, Lamar Jackson, it's a, it's a similar situation where, um, you know, a, a major quarterback deal like this historically that's never, ever, ever been done primarily um, by a player and, you know a family member or an advisor um who's not uh, an actual agent so it's i don't know But what is
4: the to save one percent like that doesn't what why why, mm-hmm. why why is this some some form of trend
6: yeah i mean i think I, I can't i think it's everybody does it for their own reason i mean i think part of it is yeah to save a fee i mean i don't you know, I don't know what Rokon um, was spending in fees before. Top level players nowadays, it's not like most elite level players aren't paying three percent. Right. You know, it's they're doing the one percent deals, and um, I I don't know, man. I can't speak to that. It's it's such a personal a personal decision for everybody. I mean, I look at Lamar Jackson, and I get it because when you look through his history, in terms of Football and kind of managing himself, he's done it his own way for a while now. Yeah, but I, I would sure tell you,
4: Charles, up. I would tell you, and you guys would know better than I would. But what I had heard it like that's one of the things that hurt him in the draft was that people couldn't get his mom on the phone to get him in for a
6: workout, and it was a comp- it, I, I, it was a complaint. Yeah, I mean, it was a point of frustration. Right. That, so- that, you know, but again, what what. You tell me what was the flip side. What's the did it go well? It went well for I mean ultimately it played out well, right? I mean like Well he, ultimately he found thing. he found a
4: team that fit but if but he's he's made thirty second pick in the draft money as opposed to had he gone and worked out and people saw how good he was, he might be a pick in the money
6: dougie Doug, he's also with a very very good franchise he got drafted by a franchise i i a understand but it, it's strong it, front office you're, you're going
4: you're going results i'm going process right like he he has succeeded because he frankly lucked out and a franchise took him and built a whole thing around him and was smart enough to understand how to develop and how to use him and how he could right but hey, that's I, but that's not because but the process like look the ravens had two first round picks if they fell in yeah, love with guess, if they fell in love with him, they could have traded up to get him, and he would have made a lot more money. And that's my whole thing. Is like I don't, dog, I'm
6: not, I'm not arguing with you on the problem. Like I get it, I yeah. understand it, and I understand the frustrations of teams. But Lamar Jackson has been result oriented. Sure. He's looked at the results in the past, and he's made decisions in the past. Hey, guess what? And I'm, I'm playing. I'm going to be a college quarterback. I'm not going to move and be a DB or any of these other positions. I'm going to be a quarterback. I'm going to do it my way. Right. He's done a number of things his way, and it's hard for me to argue with the result.
4: That, that's it's it's a great point. Charles Robinson joining us, Yahoo Sports. Does anyone know where um, Tom Brady is, and if he'll return when he's supposed to return?
6: It is. I you know, I, basically this the, the franchise. You know, Todd Bowles talking about this, and, and really they're not being in a defined end date here is odd, and the fact that it's stretched on's been odd. You know, I think you could question how out of the blue was this. I, they're adamant, though, behind the scenes that, you know, what you're reading out in the public in terms of this being something that was planned and, you know, they're they're not uh, concerned about this. Like, that's what they're saying privately. I, I don't know whether that's factual or not. I, it's It's hard for me to fully process now what's going on with Tom Brady without looking at the optics of what happened with the Miami investigation and the fact that. Don Yee, his agent, you know, the Sean Payton stuff, all this stuff that was involved with my gentleman. So just because this is people are saying it's pre planned, it's no big deal. It's, you know, he's, he's taking this, this break and being with his family. I get it. I know that's the storyline, but I also understand why a lot of people are looking at this sideways and, and yeah, every team out there right now, anybody you talk to, across the league is like what's going on with that like is that real is is he retiring like is he is he going to come back and my answer is like what the Buccaneers are saying yeah he is we just don't know when Uh,
5: so so if he doesn't come back there's no drop dead date like do in their mind do they have a drop dead date when they need to get Blaine Gabbert ready to be the starter or if Tom Brady comes the week of week one they're okay with it that he missed the entire preseason
6: I haven't heard anything about a about a, you know, a, a finite date like hey, he's got to be back in here. I I think the only thing I have heard is the way that they're approaching it is, look, it's Tom Brady. This is we're treating he's this is like the last hurrah and they're like, "Hey, if he he were to come back in 2023, the way we would handle it is this is the last hurrah." So, are there some unconventional things that are going to happen? Sure, we're going to go ahead and play along with it. The off season was pretty unconventional anyway. Um, getting him back into the building was unconventional. So, it, to me, I think they're going to ride it out. Now, if there's a finite date, the smartest thing they can do is keep their mouth shut about that and not tell people like me or anybody else and have that be the most private of private conversations with Tom. Um, that way, you know, look, they don't want to be seen as putting any kind of public pressure on him. They want to be seen as willing participants, and, and that's what they're playing out right now.
4: I could not encourage you enough to read his work at Yahoo Sports. Download his podcast. You pod to win the game. He's Charles Robinson. Guy guy knows it, breathes it, lives it, eats it. Charles, thanks so much. Have a great weekend.
6: Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having
4: me on. All right, that's uh, Charles Robinson. By the way, I, I would also be remiss if I didn't tell you to do what I do, which is listen to Move the Sticks. That's uh, <laughs> B- Bucky's podcast with Daniel Jeremiah. You just listen to it, and they just talk ball from two guys that really, really know ball and really know the league. All right, coming up next – Oh, we got we got some good stuff to get to. Um, <clears throat> arm yourself with the best defense for hunger, a Traeger drill. It should be Meat Friday, but they don't invite us out to the man cave, so I can't Joel and I can't be cooking up the meat. What's going on here? I gotta call DP and the boys. Traegers set it and forget it. Convenience means you can actually watch the game, not the grill. Check out Traeger slash DP show to start saving and remember to use the code DP Show to get free shipping. Uh, The Bucks don't seem to know where Tom Brady is. I can prove it to you. Next.
6: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
0: There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe
0: to start listening.
4: Doug Gottlieb, Bucky Brooks, in for Dan the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. This one's an interesting one. Okay, so we talked about something with Charles Robinson and he was talking about all the things that went on in the offseason, right? You had, uh, you had the retirement of Bruce Arians after the retirement, but that was only when Tom Brady was coming back, which made zero sense the explanation that that Bruce Arians gave me. No, I think we're in good shape, so now I'm going to retire. Like <laughs> yeah. Right? Uh, felt like and and Bucky again. Uh, Bucky Brooks has the Move the Sticks podcast you and Danny and Jeremiah. You you know this league way better than I do. It felt like to me, man, that Tom mm-hmm. Brady's like, I'll come back, but I'm not I'm I'm not
5: feeling Bruce. I'm I'm not mm-hmm. I'm just not feeling. Bruce. Is that fair? I mean, I think it's fair to maybe assume that because Tom Brady's a power broker. If you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady says, I will come back based on these conditions, you make sure those conditions happen because Tom Brady helped you hoist a Lombardi. Um, Only a handful of players in the league have that kind of power and cachet that they can do it. So, yeah, if Tom Brady called that shot, you have to take the shot. So,
4: uh, apparently one of his other, like, non-negotiables is... I got a little mid training camp break. It's <laughs> supposed to be ten days long there's we, we no definitive date Mm-mm. when are you gonna be back? I don't know, okay, <laughs> let me know like that's the that, that's a a, and a football coach not knowing when his quarterback is going to be back
5: because that's different, like maybe in the basketball world, yeah, take a couple of days I'll be back Whether the football world no, normally' it's very structured, you know exactly how long a guy will be away if. You allow a player to go away That's like, like the that. first
4: thing every morning when they meet, the trainer comes in.
5: Reads right? the report. Right, reads the report. Who's available today, who's not. How, what's the status like? When do we think we'll get them back? Correct. And then you build your plans around their availability. To not have your <laughs> quarterback, to not
4: have Tom Brady, who, by the way, Tom Brady is the architect of the offense.
5: It's his offense for sure. Yes. new. Because you have a new... It kind of protocol when it comes to offensive play calling, like yeah, Brian Leftwich, but you don't have Bruce Arians over top, not necessarily overseeing, supervising, whatever you want to call what he was doing. But now it's Brian Leftwich and Tom Brady. Tom Brady's not there, so how do you continue to build this out for the preseason, heading into the season, uh, to kind of get all of it done? And then how how much time do you invest in Blaine Gabbert, getting him ready to play? It's just it's, it's well, remember they, they
4: also they've had injuries in their offensive line as well. You know, injuries to the center. I just, you know, I, I get that everybody thinks this division is down. I think the Saints are better than people think. I think, I agree with you. And, oh yeah, by the way, the Saints kind of owned them recently. Obviously the playoff game a couple years ago notwithstanding. They opened the season in Dallas against the Cowboys, and then they play in New Orleans. Then they play the
5: Packers, then they play the Chiefs. <laughs> like, yeah, like, I mean, like yeah, it's not, not great. Not great. It could be It could be a rocky start. Even if he comes back, I mean, he has to give himself enough time to get ready. I know it's Tom DeGrade and all the things that he's accomplished, but everybody needs reps. Everybody needs enough time to kind of get into that rhythm and that regular season groove. So you would like to see him come back and give at least two weeks to be able to kind of work everything out so you have a little momentum and chemistry working into the regular season. I mean, if if, if not, then you're going to see, I'd say, more quarterbacks do this do
4: the mid-camp sabbatical sort of thing, I guess, right? Like well, Tom Brady took took two weeks off. Didn't call anybody. Didn't talk to anybody. It's weird because um, we had uh, what's the who's the quarterback in Washington who he started some last year? Uh, Taylor God, Heineke. Taylor Heineke. We had Taylor Heineke on my show at the Super Bowl, and I said he was with the Patriots for a couple months as a practice team player, and he told the story. He's like, it was you know mid season. It was cold and ugly outside and it was a Saturday right mm-hmm. and I, I just got signed and I'm like I'm going to be the first one in the building and he gets mm-hmm. in at 5.15 and who's there already a cup of coffee in hand watching film but Tom Brady yeah right that he is an absolute fanatic about preparation and for a guy who's a fanatic about preparation to be preparing for his last season by by not communicating with his team doesn't seem right that does not seem right now I mean like look that feels like a like a Giselle said, "Hey, this is how we're doing it," but it doesn't mean the guy feels super comfortable in uh when when he returns and getting ready. That that part to me is fascinating. That of all the talk about Deshaun Watson, we knew he was going to be suspended. Tom Brady not being around, we did
5: not see I did not see coming. Yeah, that that, that is something that was unforeseen because this is he's going to come, he wants to run it back and like I don't know if their expectations are to go to the Super Bowl in terms of outside expectations looking at the bucks because he returns but you have to think inside we have Tom Brady everyone is gearing up for a Super Bowl run and the fact that he's not there it certainly has to mess with the chemistry and the continuity a little bit as you're trying to build a championship team not just that not just that but also like you are who your best
4: player is and Absolutely. Who your, and who your leader is yes. and when he's not there you know what is the level of intensity of practice you know, and and like forget about all the like Chris Godwin coming off the ACL or the injury stuff. You know, mm-hmm. like when the sheriff's not around,
5: it's a different deal because he holds everyone in line. Todd Bowles is the unquestioned head coach, but the leader of the squad is Tom Brady. And as you said, your team goes as your best player goes. Tom Brady being a worker bee who is very diligent in his preparation process, holds everybody else up to a higher standard. So when he's not there, you do want it to slip a bit. That's crazy. Crazy story. We can talk about how complicated other banks make it to redeem credit card rewards. Or we can talk about how with
4: Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount, any time. We talk about amazing. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. With Bucky Brooks, I'm Doug Gottlieb. And coming up next, Baker Mayfield looks to be the starter week one in Carolina. Who do they play? Oh, they play the Cleveland Browns. Is that the right decision from the Carolina Panthers? And will he be successful? I'll ask Bucky next on the Dan Patrick Show.